0: So I was invited to speak at another local real estate meetup. This one actually is focused on multifamily. And they actually gave me a topic that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, It's actually a new topic that I have not been asked to speak on before. Uh, So uh, I thought I would, of course, build it and then record this dry run and and sort of share it with you. Uh, Do me a favor, if you are involved in a real estate meetup, uh, in California, maybe Nevada, Oregon, things of that nature, and you're looking for uh, an experienced buy and hold speaker who's, who likes to give back, or if maybe you want to do a webinar uh, where we can potentially speak to you know, hundreds, if not thousands of individuals, please reach out. Uh, I want to get the one rental at a time message and story out to more and more people. And in order to do that, I would love to partner or, or whatever you call it, um, you know, cross, cross-populate cross uh, things. So if you uh, happen to have a group or a webinar or any of those kinds of activities, let me know. Uh, my email will be at the end, but I'll leave it here. It's mzuber at one rental at a time. So without further ado, always hit that like button, leave comments, and please, please, please subscribe. But let's go ahead and share the dry run of the presentation. Okay, let me move this out of the way. Okay, as I mentioned, uh, was brought up, and this was the title, Learn the Right Time to Sell a Building. Um, you know, this is an appropriate time. Uh, I do believe, and I've shared many, many times on this channel that I think I think multifamilies and the bigger is better crowd is making it really hard to make good purchases today. Uh, so I thought this was a very creative topic uh, suggested, and I was happy to take on the challenge. Because most of the time with real estate meetups, they want to talk about buying. Very few flip the script and say, okay, when, when do you get out? So I thought it was a very, uh, very, very cool topic to try to think about. So one of the things I like to do is always start with five uncomfortable truths that we must appreciate and recognize, and these uncomfortable truths are uh, obviously focused on buildings in this case, but I thought uh, I thought we would start there. A little bit about the speaker, just so the audience knows. I don't think I've spoken to this group before, uh, so I thought I would give them a little thing. Uh, things to consider, or things I consider when selling, because uh, we, we have sold some buildings here recently and wanted to share what we're thinking about. Uh, This should say greatest half-truth, so I'm going to make that change just real quick. Greatest uh, half-truth that I hear today uh, because I think it's potentially dangerous and a little bit about how to follow us and things of that nature. So pretty solid presentation. Let's get started. So the first one is is investors have 10-year memories in a market that have 12 to 15-year cycles. This quote has been used lots of different times. But basically, this just goes to highlight that their market cycle is real. Um, either a new batch of investors come in right at the wrong time uh, or, or whatnot. But um, you know, another, another way of saying this is we're destined to repeat our mistakes. And I think this is true, right? I invested all the way up through the last crash, saw the collapse, and, and now we're coming back and I see some of the same traits, just in a different asset class than, than last time. Uh, the herd mentality is real. Feels good, but often has a horrible ending. Every time I sort of think about this one, I just think about all the, I don't know, cattle or whatever you want to call it running together. And they're all, you know, they're all in a big mass and then they run off a cliff or, or, or whatever, because the herd mentality is real, man. I mean, geez, uh, I remember it vividly back in 07, 08. Uh, And I could see it now uh, in a particular asset class. And um, I'm afraid it could and likely will have a a bad ending. Higher occupancy rates in a down economy can lead to huge losses. this is kind of a half truth. I probably have to reword this one. The half truth is high occupancy rates in a down economy are true. um, But unfortunately, uh, it can lead to huge losses. So I might clean that quote up. Uh, but it does get, the, does get the point across. Basically, as you'll see on the, one of my closing slides, what will happen in a down economy is your occupancies in C-class apartments will go up. But unfortunately, in order for that to happen, you're going to lose 20 to 30% of your existing tenants have huge turnover losses or turnover costs causing losses. Uh, so that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, the last five years have made everyone a real estate genius. Think about that. Right, the last five years have been pretty cool. Uh, it's kind of like the Bitcoin thing, uh, but in reality, a fair number of them are crooks who will break the law to keep high keep returns high. We're already starting to see this, and the economy hasn't even turned. Where um, you know, relatively quote unquote experienced investors have been caught doctoring returns and taking money from Paul to pay Peter, and uh, you know, better yet, called a Ponzi scheme. I think this is going to happen in a great number. Uh, of instances as we move forward, and we won't know for sure until it gets it gets really bad, which is probably two to three years out. And then, lastly, you make or lose money when you buy, right? Think about that, right? It's it's a common saying in real estate: you make your money when you buy, but you can also lock in your losses if you buy at the wrong time. And um, you know, it may feel good to buy at the peak, uh, but you're signing up for a a, a long hold uh, at a minimum. So story uh, in a single slide, um, lots of you on this channel have heard this, but again, I had a wake up call on my 30th birthday, basically, uh, you know, I had family responsibilities, was climbing the corporate ladder, uh, was making a, a decent living, but spending it all and realized that that was not a path to great financial success, right? I traveled hundred thousand miles on airplanes, too many nights in hotels, did not have a great quality of life. Uh, you know, we spent a year looking in our backyard, which, you know, all the books said to do didn't work out. We found Fresno that was two and a half hours away and, and kind of never looked back, although we did play with Texas and Arizona and Nevada kind of in 08, 09, but never made the commitment. Uh, our first rental experience, we crushed most people. Uh, this is the Norris Drive story. I've done plenty of videos on it, but basically we find one, move them in. They never pay rent again, and we suffer a fifteen dollars or $20,000 loss. Uh, we we rode again. Think about our journey, right from '03 to 2019. We rode up, we rode down, and we rode back up. And you know, we survived and prospered. And that's because we we continually stayed engaged in the market. And I have a slide here called about our core beliefs, and uh, we'll share those there. We sold quote unquote exchanged assets that were grossly overpriced in '08. That's houses. Uh, today, that's C class apartments. And uh, we're we're happy we did. Uh, we do stay in the affordable markets, Class C, maybe Class B properties, depending on where we're buying them in the market cycle. Uh, we're always in the market, so we can see and more importantly feel the market shifts because it really is a feeling you get when everybody starts talking about things and you go to meetups and half half the people in the room are new syndicators or or whatnot. It's, uh, it can be pretty scary. Uh, We now give back via speaking engagements like this. We have a YouTube channel called One Rental at a Time uh, that gets daily videos, which this is obviously on. Uh, We have a book uh, available on Amazon, both in paperback and Kindle that we are very proud of. Uh, It writes about our entire 15-year journey from a single house to financial independence. And we've also released a course because there are so many people looking to get started and don't know what to do. So we help them learn their market and make good decisions. So here's the deal. Every part of real estate has a cycle, right? This should look familiar. Uh, it's basically a, a you know an economic graph talking about there are good times, there's a top, then it gets ugly. The thing about it getting ugly there is it, it's dramatic, but relatively short-lived, right? It's shorter than the recovery. Uh, but it, I've lived through that and wow, it could be painful. But really the point of this slide is not only is that chart, real, but you have to step back and realize that every aspect of real estate has its own graph and the graphs are not the same. They kind of overlap and you have to stay engaged in the market to see it, right? Single family homes have their own cycle. Apartments and values and cap rates, they have their own cycle and they're not in sync. Lending has its own cycle. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard. The general interest of the average Joe, has its cycle. Sometimes they think it's the greatest thing and sometimes they run away. Construction. Sometimes it's popular to build. Sometimes it's not. Rents. Rents go up. Concessions go up, right? So they all have their own real estate cycles. And when you start to get engaged in the real estate market and you start looking at deals and areas, you'll realize that even areas have cycles. And it's this relation in always being engaged and watching that you can see it. It's never about just a point in time. You got to know where the trend is and, and kind of where it's going. But here's the real point of this, I think, and this is what um, this is what I think is going to lead to a lot of pain. Uh, the business or the economic cycle is real, and you know, to 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 think about this. First off, we're clearly out of the recovery phase from the recession, right? We're ten or eleven years in. Uh, we're clearly in the longest expansion. Uh, or recovery, or whatever you want that word to be in history. So we're closer to the end than the beginning. I'm not calling an end because so that's foolish, but I do want you to think about what happens when this thing rolls over. And more specifically, not what happens to you, the investor, right? The you know with the tech job or whatever it is, but think about your tenants. What happens to an, uh, to employment? Right? If, uh, unemployment goes from four to eight. Think some of your tenants might lose their jobs? How many of your tenants today are dual income? How many of them do you think might lose one of their jobs? What happens to their income? Right? Incomes in good times, right? Unemployment, they're probably getting raises, changing jobs, all of that. But what happens when, you know, the, the downturn happens? They, you know, i read some scary statistic that less than 10% of Americans have more than 10 grand accessible in the bank. I'm not, you know, what would that mean if it was just renters, right? What, what percent of renters have less than, than 10 grand in the bank that can survive a prolonged unemployment? This is what you have to appreciate because it might feel really good to say you've got a hundred unit building or, or whatever, but if you're buying it at the wrong time with price for perfection, uh, things can, uh, can get ugly fast. So here's a greatest half-truth I hear today. Value-add Class C apartment buildings in the Midwest or South are the safest place to be when the economy goes into recession. The story goes, occupancy will go up and you will print cash flow every month. Have you heard or been pitched this? Right? Lots of people, I've heard it. I'm sure lots of people in the room will have heard it. But this is what will happen. And again, this is from a gentleman or a person who owns this this stuff. First off, that's why I call it a half-truth. Your occupancy will go up, right? We had record occupancy as the market rolled over in our apartment buildings. Unfortunately, what happens first is you lose about a third of your tenants, right? Because as the market's going great, everybody has a job, people are paying their rent, but the market rolls over. The tenants that you currently have don't have the financial cushion to have, you know, a month or two months of unemployment. So those tenants are going to lose their jobs. Some will leave on their own, right? They'll move in with family, they'll leave the state, you know, whatever. But many of them, my experience says about half, will force you to evict them because they see it as getting a month or two of free rent. Then, You're going to be hit with huge make ready or unit turns in a very short period of times as your turnovers skyrocket. So we had record occupancy during our downturn. The last one kind of think 09 and 10, but we still lost a lot of money. Uh, It's because of those tenant turnovers where we basically took a set of tenants and they moved out and had to downsize and we moved a new set of tenants in. So again, yes, occupancy goes up but unfortunately we lost money because turnovers are what kills a landlord. And I'm afraid this is gonna happen over and over again. And when you're buying a building and it's priced for perfection, this is gonna hurt. So here's some investing quotes that I thought uh, were interesting. Uh, this one from Jeffrey Gundlock. Uh I think passive investing in robo-advisors are going to exacerbate problems in a market because it is hurting behavior. Right, that, that whole passive investing thing, right? I, I see a lot of that. I can't tell you how many syndication opportunities I get in my uh, inbox these days about people promising great returns. Just give me a hundred grand. Um, I, um, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. Uh, the four most dangerous words in investing is this time is different. It's different. I'm already hearing that, and I hear that a lot about Class C apartment buildings. There seems to be an unwritten rule with investing: if you don't understand it, then put your life savings into it. Peter Lynch. Rule number one: don't lose money. Rule number two: don't forget rule number one. Uh, good old Warren Buffett, and uh, I think we'd be all we'd all be remiss if we don't, you know, look at these. So here's some core beliefs, again, related to when to sell a building. I think you must stay engaged uh, in your market. You can't just, you know, plot along once a year or look every three or four years and try to figure it out. You've got to be engaged for a while. Uh, That's what I talk about and what I teach my students. The business cycle is real. And you have to understand the business cycle and, more importantly, how that business cycle impacts your tenants uh, because that is what what you need to appreciate, plan for, budget for. Uh, The herd mentality. Uh, of investors is dangerous and needs to be avoided really avoided at all costs you don't want to get caught in the herd um, because it again may feel good in the moment but will uh, will end badly most tenants are great people uh, but have very little financial cushion so when when they lose a job or they have a uh, an emergency um, you know they have to make tough choices and sometimes that's not paying rent and leaving in the middle of the night and moving in with family and just all of that. Uh, I do believe housing is a basic need and thus it is one. If one part of the market is too hot, you just look elsewhere. And then finally, if somebody wants to overpay by 25 to 30% in one of the buildings I own, then I'll take the profit and reinvest elsewhere. So what do we do now? Uh, We're still adding to our portfolio. Uh, While we are selling some of our Class C apartment buildings for ridiculous prices, uh, we are still buying and growing our portfolio. So we're net positive. Uh, But usually uh, we're buying today with seller financing. Um, We are selling our overpriced buildings and repositioning debt and equity. uh, And today adding smaller units as bigger is not always better uh, for the is not better uh, for the first time in 20 years. We are finding slumlord properties and creating pride of ownership rentals that we actually sell uh, to new landlords. And of course, we spend a lot of time giving back. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called One Rental at a Time. Uh, If you happen to like daily real estate content, please subscribe there. Uh, We did document our 15-year journey via a self-published book available on Amazon titled, you guessed it, One Rental at a Time. And then finally, have created an online course to help new investors learn their market, because I think you have to learn your market in order to make decisions. And you can find all about us and that course and all of that on our website called onerentalatatime.com. All right. Any questions? Uh, that happens to be a picture of our book. Uh, so if you go on Amazon and look for it, you will, uh, you will see it there. So hopefully that made sense. Uh, There were a couple of words I need to clean up. Right, I started creating this at like 5:15 in the morning, so I'll I'll clean that up. But I thought uh, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it addressed the um, the main aspect of what we do. So really, we don't look at numbers or cap rates or anything of that. We just we stay engaged in our markets and look for um, when people when the herd is coming and we get out of the way. So let me know what you think. Leave a comment, please subscribe, and uh, have a great day.